0: A special edition of d-line sports we have a super special guest with us mr chris ballard our gm with our indianapolis colts chris how are you
1: i'm good thanks for having me on d-line sports
0: appreciate hey you, you gotta show that shirt off <laughs> look at that absolutely that's fantastic
1: my new workout shirt
0: Now, now you know I'm going to freeze frame that and post it all over social media, right?
1: That's all All right. right. Everybody else does it too. I'll cut
0: you in a percentage on whatever we sell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, this year's draft was pretty insane. And I'm going to start the question off first. You put a lot of emphasis on the guys that you bring into the locker room so the question I have is is there a percentage of guys that come off of your big board before the draft even starts that doesn't meet those criterias that you want for the locker room
1: well I don't know if I can put a percentage on it because it's different every year but there's certain things that we're not going to bend on and that's Work ethic, um, passion for football, the willingness to want to get better and be the best you can be, um, the type of teammates you are, all of that we're not going to sacrifice. So if they don't meet our high standard, then they're going to come off. And they might end up being a great player somewhere else, and that's okay. But for us, we've – I mean, I give our scouts and our coaching staff a lot of credit. They have worked their butt off to develop that locker room and our players. And there's an expectation. So whatever, whoever we bring in, there's a the high standard already set. And the players, I mean, I've always told them, look, if God doesn't fit, hold us accountable for those. So we want to make You know, we want to make our players proud, too, with the players we bring in. So I don't know if there's a direct percentage, but there's a handful of guys that come off every year. And we're not perfect, but once we get them in here, if they have those qualities and traits, we think we can even get them better because they're going to fit right in the locker room.
0: Awesome. Who wants to go next? Yeah, I got it. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to pass it around. (laughs) <laughs> so you can see who you're talking to.
2: Okay. Hey, Chris, how's it going?
0: How
1: you doing?
2: Yeah, this is Coach Lopes. So I've got one that's kind of coming from left field here a little bit. That's okay. He selected Pay okay. with the 21st pick in the first round. And he's a big comic book fan. He likes to celebrate, showing the Wakanda forever salute and all that stuff. If you had the opportunity to select a superhero in the draft this year, who would it be and what position would they play?
1: (laughs) Well, Superman. And hopefully it's one of those two defensive ends we took.
2: (laughs) Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Here you go, Carmen.
3: Hey, what's up, Chris, man? How you doing, brother? What's happening, brother? Good. Not too much, man. Hey, quick question, man. So, on your second draft pick, we selected Deo Ode Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Deo Ode Bingo.
2: Ode Yingbo. Uh, thank you. I can never, it was, we had a bet going
1: on. I I'm just gonna, won 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> did he pronounce it wrong?
3: Yeah. I That's okay. But what did you see in him that make you want to draft him second round
1: a long disruptive uh player that could disrupt the line of scrimmage and playing in the sec they didn't have a good year at vandy but you wouldn't know it by watching his tape exactly because he was disruptive and active the whole year and he's got a really unique skill set I mean, being 6'5", 280 pounds, over 35-inch arms, he's got power and he's got slither and he's got get-off. Right. So he's got three things that – and, he, and he, he gives great effort. So we thought he had some real unique, special talent and was definitely worth the risk, even with the Achilles injury.
3: Yeah, that – that was the curious that's what I was curious about since coming him coming off his Achilles injury and him being picked so high. That was a do you consider it as a risk factor or not?
1: Yeah, well absolutely it is. But you know, I got we'll be patient with him. All right. And we'll we'll get him to come along. I mean, we took a player last year, um, in Julian Blackman. Oh my god, who had a had an A C L. And, you know, we brought Julian along slowly. Um, and he ended up exceeding expectations um, just because we thought it would be mid-year. Right. Next thing you know, he's lining up against Minnesota and he's starting. Right. So, you know, we'll, we'll we'll let Dale rehab. And when he's ready, we'll get him ready, ready to play. And we think he's going to help us. It um, be a tremendous look. You can't have enough D-linemen. And when you add 17 game playoff run, you need nine or 10 guys to rotate in there throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the history of good teams, they all have good defensive lines. And, you know, I thought last year our D line played really well. We lost two good players in Autry and Houston and, you know, getting two guys in the first two rounds that we think fits us, From a talent and character standpoint, was just too good of an opportunity for us to pass up.
3: Right. Okay. That answered my question. I'm going to give it back to Pat, okay?
1: Okay.
0: We're passing you around like shots at the bar.
1: Go ahead, Pat. Pass me around. You're good.
0: (laughs) My next question is, I don't know, kind of odd with the signing of Fisher, was this premeditated before the draft, knowing that you was working on this and that you was probably gonna get him signed? So being able to take uh, Kawiti and Deo one and two made it that much easier, knowing that Fisher was in your sights to get done?
1: Well, that's a good question. Now we – it just – unfortunately, the draft sometimes, it doesn't work out. You know, we're always going to set our board and then go by it. And, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we missed out on a couple of tackles, but we took the players we thought were the best players for us at the time. Now, knowing that there was going to be some tackles on the market after the draft that we had a chance to get – and we didn't know for sure we were going to get him. But we I knew our owner would be competitive with financially. So uh, we felt like we had some good options. And being able to get Eric, you know, even though he's coming off an injury, to be able to get a Pro Bowl-type player um, that fits with our group and is going to play good football when he's ready to go was – was uh, too good to pass up when we got after the draft. Thanks.
0: Awesome, coach. Yeah.
2: So, Chris, you talked about about Jim Irsay <laughs> being involved in, in some of the decision making in, in an interview with Colin Cowherd. Uh, I believe it was last week, and I I was watching that, and I was just wondering. How, how nice is that? How, how much of a luxury is that having an owner that, that has your back like that and, and knows what he's looking at compared to, like, you know, say somebody that, that you know, doesn't know football to the level that Jim Irsay does?
1: I've been fortunate to work for three really good organizations with the Bears, the Chiefs, and the Colts. And all of them were excellent. Um, Jim, Jim's unique because he's been a general manager. And, you know, I couldn't ask to work for a better owner in terms of um, support, um, knowledge of the game, understanding what both Frank and I are going through because he sat in the GM chair. Mm -hmm. So, and then all the experience he went through as a GM, um, it always comes into play he'll always bring a story up when we're thinking about doing something that's tangible to what we're trying to do. And sometimes it'll cause us to back off. And sometimes it'll say, good, this is, this is history repeating itself. So to have an owner that on Sunday really knows what he's seeing and looking at and then is very patient and understanding um, and just gets the game is really valuable. I feel fortunate to work here in Indy and for him. It, it makes my job a lot easier.
3: That's awesome. You're fantastic.
1: All right, Kirk. Uh I have to ask you this.
3: My sister, she's a big Colts fan, so she wanted me to ask you this question. Sorry, away. She said, uh, what is the process like bringing Carson Wentz to Indy? because there was a lot of rumors about different QBs and what made them say Carson Wentz was the direction we're going.
1: It's a good question. And there were some good quarterbacks on the market this mm-hmm. year. And so it always takes two to tango. You know, people throw out all kinds of different scenarios. And sometimes, you know, they're, they're very far reached and not reachable um but when you have a head coach that you that's really good at what he does and he has coached the player that makes you feel pretty comfortable mm-hmm. when you're making a trade and it was no different last year than when we signed Philip Rivers um Frank and Nick both had history with him and coached him so they knew exactly how he was going to fit into our our team and our organization.
3: Right.
1: Well, I feel the same way about Carson, you know, Nick, uh, Frank has such conviction as a coach that he's going to help the quarterback get better. And he felt like he could do it with Carson. And so over time I went back with back and forth with Philly, mm-hmm. until um, we finally reached an agreement that we thought was equitable for both sides.
3: Yeah. See, that's that's one that I like, you know, with your decision, because I trust you like I trust Coach. And I know that Carson Wentz is a MVP quarterback, and we're about to show it how he is and why he's an MVP quarterback.
1: Well, I'll say this. Like, we just want Carson to be the best version of himself. Just be you. And we got a good team around him. And – You know, I've said this from day one, that it takes a team to win. Mm -hmm. Does it help when you have a great quarterback? Absolutely it does. Most important, you know, position in, in football. But saying that, they can't do it alone. And, you know, you need 52 other guys in that locker room who, and all of them going in the same direction, working for the same goal under the concept of team.
3: All right, well, I'm going to hand it back to Pat. (laughs) Pass
0: him around. Well, Chris, we definitely appreciate you coming on with us. We know how busy you guys have been. Um, The second signing after Fishers, Wood, how big of a role do you see him playing with the D-line that you've already got established?
1: Well... Look, Antoine's a good player, and you can't have enough good D-line. You just can't. So I think it'll be good competition. we got a young kid, Chris Williams, we really like. Stallworth, um, Woods, Buckner, Stewart. So we've got, you know, some inside guys here. Windsor, who we took a year ago. Mm-hmm. It'll be great competition, you know, for that third fourth, and possibly fifth spot, you can never have enough competition on the roster. You can't. And especially on the D-line and O-line. So we've done everything we can this offseason, and we'll continue to look to add better players and add competition to the roster.
0: Now, follow-up question, is that why you signed another kicker? Or is there something going on with uh, Rigoberto that nobody knows yet is it more nothing for the at all competition factor
1: we like rod um he had a heck of a rookie season wow. um but anytime you can bring in good competition you do it you know panero's got a lot of talent um we've been kind of on him for a few weeks and when we're going to give him a chance to to compete um we like both of them um and we'll get into this thing and So it works out, we were gonna add a kicker. I mean, anyways. So, but when we saw one that had Panero's talent, we thought it was a, a good chance to add a guy that we really liked and be good competition for Rod. Rod's good, Rod's a good player and he had a heck of a rookie year, but iron sharpens iron. And we all have to continue to get better and work.
0: Awesome.
2: I'm back, Chris. (laughs) Okay, if you had the opportunity to build a team from scratch, and the only way you could build it was either with young players in the draft or veterans on free agency, which would you prefer? Young players.
1: Well, I think we've already proven that. Um, (laughs) Young players in the draft. Um, Look, and we've been. Our pro staff pro staff, has done an unbelievable job. Um, but you want to build it through your own players where you can train them. They get an allegiance and a loyalty to the city and to the organization. They know how you do things. Um, they know the expectations. They set the bar in the locker room about what the standard is. I mean, all of that you don't always get with a free agent. Now, our pro staff's done an unbelievable job. Every, and we haven't been perfect, but we've been pretty good with the free agents we brought in because they fit. And I don't think you can just do it all one way, Um, but we've tried to mix a good balance, but like prim- primarily, it's been a heavy mix of our drafted guys with some sprinkled in Free agents that have been good players, and they have to have the right makeup when you bring those guys in because you're help. They're helping set the tone of the culture in the locker room you have. All right, all right. I know you probably gets tired.
3: Pass around. Uh, with the COVID being lifted, if you are vaccinated and no more masks, is there a possibility that? Uh, the practice where people get to go to see the pre- training player, player camp. training camp. Thank
1: you. I sure hope so. Sorry, man. That's what we're planning on. Um, we still got a little time to go to completely say yes, but we're planning on being at Grand Park. Um, and God willing, and hopefully it all works out where we're able to see all our fans. We miss them, organization miss them. Um, we don't have jobs. If it's not for our fans. We're one of the last few teams that still has an old school training camp. And that's credit to our owner, Mr. Ursay. Um, he he wants our fans to be out and be able to get to know the team. And the only way you can do that is other than the you know, 17 Sundays and preseason games, but you get a closer look in practice, mm-hmm. preseason practice. So we think it's valuable. To get ready to play, but also for our fans to be able to get to know the players. So let's just keep hoping and praying that it works out that way. It's trending in the right direction, but no complete final answer yet. I agree.
3: All right, a good question.
0: Thank you, brother. All right, Chris. One final request, and I think you're the guy to pull this off. Carson Wentz needs a good audible language out there. (laughs) And if he starts saying D-line sports as an audible, you feeling me here?
1: That's probably a A better better question for Frank. (laughs) I don't get involved with the calls. I learned a long time ago. I scout players. (laughs) (laughs) I don't call plays or put in offense or defense.
0: Whisper in his ear for me, would you?
1: (laughs) I will do it.
0: Man, Chris, we really appreciate your time as always. Um, You know we're your biggest fans. Um, We think you guys did a heck of a job in the draft, heck of a job in free agency. Um, I just find it funny that people overreact too soon before the signing stuff is even over with. I'm like – it's not even done yet. <laughs> so Here's my
1: perspective on that. I would rather the fans care. And you know, when they when they're not happy or they're have displeasure about what's going on, I would rather than voice and say things other than being silent. Like apathy is what I never want. Our fans care. They're educated about the game, and they want us to win, and that's our jobs. And so I handle all of it with a grain of salt, and all I ever ask is be fair with your judgments and let us each and every year judge us by the team we end up putting on the field.
0: Amen to that. Yeah, I've just seen a lot of early reactions – Uh, when rounds one and two were over, and I was just... (laughs) Oh, don't worry. My son,
1: my son let me know.
0: He told me, he said,
1: Dad, Dad, they're killing you right now on Twitter. I said, that's okay. They all got their opinions. That's okay.
0: All right. Well, anytime you need us or need our platform, Chris, you know it's yours. Um, Thank
1: you. Thanks for having. Thanks for watching me sweat
0: too. Oh, it's the only time I could get it. it in. Well, I tell you, kind of side note. One of the reasons our show has grown the way it has is because we're just fans, and whatever we talk about is true and honest emotions and feelings, and we give you our fan perspective. So seeing you sitting there working out as a normal guy, spending time with us is is a blessing. Well, I appreciate appreciate y'all's
1: patience, too, and thanks for all you do.
0: Absolutely. Thanks again, Chris.
1: All right, guys. All the best. I will hope to see you all this at, a, at camp.
0: Oh, oh we're yeah. going to push our way in there.
1: Uh, we'll make sure you're taken care of.
0: You all guys right. always thanks, do. Chris. You and Matt do a fantastic job, man. I couldn't appreciate you guys even any more than I do.
1: No, I appreciate you, Patrick. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks. That's a sign.